Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Dale Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dale and Emerson Show. Oh, my God. I got so distracted there. Do the tagline. <laughs> Straight talk. Real gay. Even better, you weren't looking. I waved, thought you saw it. You weren't looking, and then I was still muted. So I went. <laughs> I could loop you, though. I could loop you. Dell and Emerson show. I fell short. In, out. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's clearly one of those kind of days where we're going to get to Super Bowl stuff, trans bills, political vaccine photo thirst, Dr. Fauci in bathhouses, a Hungarian orgy icon, WWE star that came out at John Waters' Dick Doctor, and more. Whoa. <laughs> Tuesday. I know. That's some titillating uh, stories, Emerson Collins. I got to be honest. I'm arriving at the show today doing what my mother would have called fake it till you make it. I'm feeling a little malaise. It feels like slogging through the weeds. You know, like when, you're, when your boots get caught in mud and it makes that mm -hmm. sound. I feel like my life is that. Today. I'm, a, I'm with you. I Someone asked me, they texted me, uh, a good friend of mine, Matt, he, how are you doing? I said, muddling through. Uh -huh. That's what I'm doing. I'm muddling through. Uh-huh. I agree. But everybody, we are going to get on to some fun things. What we do is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. I mean, I, I literally, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did not watch the Super Bowl. I watched a few pieces of it, and I watched everything we're going to talk about, like you know the 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 uh, the Star Spangled Banner. I watched you know the halftime, and uh, I, I watched enough. I've watched enough for me. I, we got. I was like, I need to go somewhere and be outdoors. We went on a hike in Santa Clarita. I climbed a mountain. Now, full disclosure, I feel the need to tell everyone. I keep making fun of Blake and Justin Martindale. They go on hikes and I don't. My hike is to the refrigerator and to the mailbox. And I was hoodwinked into this like 1300 foot straight up a mountain hike. It was like five miles, but I cut out like a mile and a quarter in the middle and let them do the peak. And I just waited for them to join me on the way back down. There's some, there's some mountains there. I did, uh, is that right? That's like Kenyatta, did you say? No, uh, Santa Clarita, just on the oh, south end. Santa Clarita, because Castaic is up there. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. But so then we came back, to, as Audra McDonald told us in the live Sound of Music, climb every mountain. Uh, so I did. And then we went back to Blake's parents' house just in time to see the halftime show. There you go. There you go. What do you think? What did you all think at home um, of the weekend? I, I, I enjoyed my weekend better. Uh, I, I was, look, here's the deal. Here's the way, and I tweeted about it. I like the weekend. I enjoy his music. I have been a fan from the very beginning. Uh, it's hard when you have Prince and you have J-Lo and Shakira and Beyonce and Bruno Mars and, you know, and Janet's Titty. And, uh, and Justin, I mean, there's just so many good performances that preceded and it, it was, uh, and, and, and who, who did that, that jacket, it needed a little tailoring. It was just so, you know, it was like he borrowed it from some drag queen. <laughs> from somebody's aunt. It, I, I agree. It's interesting. Cause we talked about the same, the weekend's music is such a mood, right? I enjoy his voice. I enjoy his songs. 
But what it doesn't have in his like big library of hit hits is an anthem. You know, you think of like Lady Gaga and Bad Romance, Beyonce and literally any song, Bruno Mars. It, there's a, there isn't an anthem for a moment for us to be like, you know, even Katy Perry's got that fireworks song, yeah. but fireworks. So I thought, and I was crazy impressed with his obviously live vocals, right? He went in that little, that, that room where he held the camera and made the internet meme. And I was like, he's really, really singing live and the vocal's really great, but it didn't have that like mm, thing, like Jennifer Lopez going, let's get loud. I mean, and let's, you know, of course, we're in a pandemic. Rehearsal can't be the same. It was uh, it was not exactly uh, it was lackluster, I would say. It, that, that's what I would call it, a little bit lackluster. Well, uh, and, but then Leslie, yeah. But his anthem is I can't feel my face. But think about that. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Like, that's not like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, it's not quite the same, like. I'm on the edge of glory, uh, level, stadium anthem. And we can go back, go back to Prince and even Springsteen. I mean, you know, it was, it, it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. Oh, the, okay. And then the other uh, piece of that though. Now I loved her doing America the Beautiful, playing that electric guitar. I just, that was such a great mood. With with those nails, I could not get over that electric guitar just with those nails. I was like, what? I didn't know she could play like that. I didn't know her. She, I didn't know her. Her could play like that. I didn't know her could play like that. And then the national anthem, Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. I loved it. I, I did. I know, I know, I know, but I did love it. Here's the way I really felt. I felt I appreciated that they were clearly together doing like, this is what I do and you do what you do. And, you know, but what it kind of felt like was a metaphor for our country. You know, like we're trying to talk and we don't quite speak the same language. Oh, <laughs> like, perhaps. I, you know, I, I, do, I do love both of them. And but musically, it was an interesting adventure. Yeah, I'm a big, big Eric Church fan. So uh, I, it, it, was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. Well, it was like those Grammy mashups sometimes where you go, oh, that's interesting. Huh, I would yeah. not have put those two together. Yes. Um, but I did appreciate like he did what he does and she didn't back away from what she does. And they clearly both had a good time. And there's also the flip side, something really fun to say. And like, we do totally different things. Let's do it together. And that's maybe a spirit we need more of anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, random. Did you see the streaker? Yes. I, you know, a streaker for me, I, I come from this, you know, I remember the Academy Awards streaker. It, it's full on naked. That was not a streaker. That was have, a half Well, it was an interesting, it was a a, a thong moment. Here, wait, I'm gonna see if I can get this video. That thing he was wearing a on this the top. It was like one of those Marco Marco or Andrew Christian like onesies. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, there's a chest piece and it covers your crotch, but it's a surprise thong in the back. Did everybody uh see that? Do y'all know what? We're talking about here. I'll show you the video. Look at that. Look at that. Who knows that Ray Stevens song? Oh, yeah, they call it the streak. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Look, here it is, y'all. Y'all see? Yeah, it's. 
they're like, and what? you see it because from this that? angle, it's a little more clear, I think, when it finally gets there. Or did it? Was it at the beginning? I do not know. Oh there no, there he goes. Okay, so see, see, it's like it's full down the front, and it's a thong in the back. A thong, you know, thongs. It's just you know. creative. You know, I appreciate a strange bit of male lingerie. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. It was street adjacent. That's, that's very good, Santa. That's and good. then the one other that fewer people saw. Did you see the Tony Romo pee stain? I did. I did. And I, I, I fell for him because I. It's happened to all of us. Come on, it's happened. It's. I was like, ladies, you may not know this, but if you missed it, Tony Romo came back from a commercial break, and this right here. Ladies, you may not know, but it's happened to most men at some point where you're just in a real hurry and had to pee and get back and you didn't shake enough times and there's a little bit leaks out. And then what? here's what you do, though. You take here tips tips from Dell. Uh, you take a go grab a piece of toilet paper immediately and just soak it up, soak it up, soak it up. And then, and then you get on the sink like this, and that put that hair blower, and then you dry it, and it, hopefully nobody will walk in on you. But yes. oh, by the way, real quick, look at this peacock. Uh, it's a Christmas tree skirt that Jigs made for me. And that so, is so fancy. I love it. He said I had to love it, and I do without even being told. He said, "Tough shit." <laughs> If you don't like it, you have to love it. I love it. I, any like excuse it. for a little peacock in. Oh, feathers. I just felt like I needed a boa just to complete this look, this backdrop today. And then, and then, of course, the other more important piece of the sports ball, Super Bowl moment. Did anybody have a favorite commercial? You know, this year, uh, the LGBTQ rep in the commercials was lower in some past years. The big one was this one with Lil Nas X uh, for Logitech. Uh, I'm going to play while I talk about these. That was the most clearly uh, queer aesthetic. In it, he says, we defy expectations, perceptions, and misconceptions. We defy what logic says we should look like, sound like, be like. There was also Billie Jean King appeared with some other athletes for Michelob Ultra. RuPaul was in a blink and you'll miss it moment in full drag for the Paramount Plus streaming service announcement. Bisexual Cardi B in that Wayne's World parody for Uber Eats. And the, the smallest, there was a pride flag colored in crayon in the background of Amy Schumer's mayonnaise fairy ad. And of course, everyone's favorite Dan Levy uh, appeared for M&M's, uh, saying he would no longer eat their M&M friends while he held one captive in the car. So some nice representation, but I didn't watch the whole thing, so I didn't see any of the big... Uh, discussion of commercials. I would say, um, what's his name? Kushner, uh, not Kushner. What am I saying? Oh my God. Demi Moore's ex-husband. Uh, Ashton Willis. Oh, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. He, he was, I was so, he looks so good. I mean, he, I, but he started so early. He's not really that old. I was going, he's really he just now like 41. Yeah, he's he, like 41. Uh, Mila Kunis were the youngest on that 70s show. Oh, a lot of people liked this one that Rob mentioned. The Timothy Chalamet, Edward Scissorhands, where he played Edgar Scissorhands with Winona Ryder, with lots it of references to that movie. But the thing is, even as we're talking about it, I don't remember what it was a commercial for. Do you? 
I think it was for Ford or something. It was for a car because I remember at the end he drove and he was able to. Oh, yes, it was. See, and I thought it was for Subway because he made the sandwich art at one point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it was ineffective if we can't remember. Well, that's what I always think about these. You spend $5.6 million to make a 30 second ad and. I, I don't remember what it was for. It's always just beer or cars. That's all I. That's all I got. You know. Yeah. So all right. Wait, wait. And Brent said, and I, I'm a bad person if I say I didn't watch the game or the halftime. No, honestly, my favorite jigs right. Timmy Chalamet was for Cadillac. One of the best things about this pandemic is I didn't have to pretend to go to somebody's Super Bowl party and sit there all afternoon. You know what I did though? What did you do? I made wings and watched uh, Sex in the City. I don't uh, understand wings. Oh, I love wings. I, 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 can, I can make some good wings. Somebody a long time ago came up with the smartest plan when they said wings were like a delicacy. Like when you go to a wing stop, you know how much meat is on a wing? Like that much. You're just licking flavor off a of skin, basically. It's the challenge. It's the challenge. And it's very, it's very flavorful. But you have to eat so many to get to like one leg's worth of meat. I just think it's a good racket. That wing stop. You have to eat like 74 wings to equal one breast. Oh, that is, that's what I like about it. I could say, oh, I just I had 14 pieces of chicken. I don't want to work out for my appetizer. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Well, um, in, in uh, other news, uh, we had uh, Palm Springs aired an exclusive interview with uh, David Cope, who played for six NFL teams as a pro running back from 1964 to 1972. And he also made history, look at him, uh, as the first openly gay professional sports team athlete in 75. Now, before he came out, he went to a therapist uh, who tried to convince him that he was straight. And he said, I had to be true to myself. I was becoming so, so depressed that I felt locked up and suffocating. So, and for f several years, his family didn't speak to him and his dream of becoming a football coach completely evaporated. He had an autobiography, a New York uh, Times bestseller, and he stayed visible as an activist and attended numerous uh, pride events. Copay was successful uh, as a floor salesman. And then in, 19, and in 2007, he retired to Palm Springs. So we may just run into him there. He's disappointed that there aren't more openly gay athletes. He says, I think it's disgraceful because the NFL and the owners of other sp sports teams don't get behind them. I, you know, included this because obviously not being a huge sports aficionado, but we know a lot of the trailblazing LGBTQ people. And his was not a name that I knew. No. Um, even says, I love Dave Copay. And I love that he's the, out in Palm Springs. This was a special uh, that they aired in Palm Springs with him. And his was not a name I know among the many uh, leaders. And for him to be the first from a professional team sport out so long ago, I just thought that was a really interesting story. And to see him be on the cover of a bunch of LGBTQ magazines, you know, in the 70s so early, um, I wanted to add him to my lexicon of trailblazers. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a great story, and I, I, I kind of want to meet him after that. You know, we go down to Palm Springs. We can. I know it. I feel like you know, it's such a small town in the desert that community is not so big. I'm surprised we haven't crossed paths, seeing him honored at some right. event or something. I remember was, Michael when we were doing the show before, um, before the pandemic. Uh, Michael Sam came out. Uh, yes. Remember him? Very nice looking. Ah. 
African-American player. And I, I, when we were filming A Very Sorted Wedding in Dallas, he would go to the spinning studio that, uh, that I went to and was so friendly, so friendly. And I thought I had a chance. That's what yeah. I thought. I thought, oh, we spin. Wait, I love everyone saying I'm too young. I know, but y'all, I do pay attention to our history. There are lots of our uh, LGBTQ community elders I know and am familiar with that were before I was, long before I was an angsty Southern Baptist crying in a closet. Um, and but so just a story I wanted to add, because I figured if I hadn't, you know, as much attention as I pay, some other people might enjoy knowing about him as well. Because the, but the part to me in the tragedy in that piece there that he wanted to be a coach, but he came out anyway, basically for his own mental health, and then he couldn't be a coach. So he had a very successful, different career, but you know, his life could have gone a very different direction, staying with the thing that he loved, except he made the choice uh, to be an, a visible advocate and activist for us. And so I want to celebrate that. He was talking about the interview that he had, and he was talking about how he has a lot of memory problems because of being hit so hard and the brain brain uh, damage that incurs with a lot of football players. Yeah, yeah, it is not safe. I don't that's like my, it. I never like it. That's my excuse. You know, oh, I, I was on the B team. I was on the B team one year. And it was just a nightmare for me. I was scared to death the entire time. I, I've told y'all in middle school in Houston, Texas, when I was there in sixth grade or seventh grade, they teach you to play football, flag football style, but you could opt out. And I sure was one of the 10 boys that went, nope, I'm going to go play kickball while y'all figure that out over there. I wasn't Not interested. Um, all right. Uh, the next little piece Uh is he? Nope, not that one. Oh, every once in a while I forget to add somebody uh, to the graphics so I can show you who I'm talking about. Let me find him because he is new. Nope, nope. Oh, he's just gone. Well, in other news, uh, Pete Buttigieg is continuing the out representation now that he is officially Secretary of Transportation. He has added Arizona State Rep Orlando Teller, an out member of the Navajo Nation and former deputy director of the Navajo Department of Transportation, as the deputy assistant secretary of tribal affairs at the USDOT. In a text to the LA Braid, he confirmed his excitement to join the administration, especially to work on improving transportation and add more representation of indigenous people. He said, elevating indigenous nations by the Biden administration only invigorates and encourages me to do more. Representation matters. Now it's interesting because he will begin working uh, remotely because he did co uh, contract the coronavirus in November and was hospitalized for several weeks. And then yesterday, one of Buttigieg's security team tested positive for COVID-19. So he is also quarantining. So still very real. Um, even among our government officials. Uh, but an exciting bit of news. I will find that photo and bring it back for y'all in a minute. And then, of course, we always have some news. And we've got uh, out of the state, a southern state, a Mississippi governor, Tate, Tate, Tate Reeves. I went to YouTube so I could uh, see how he talked. Kind of There's talked. Tate. 
Here's Tate. See, he talks like this. Look, he's, he needs uh, he needs something to, for that redness on his face. I don't know what I could do for him. Little rosacea. Little, little powder. Uh, but Tate Reeves made a lengthy statement on his Facebook and Twitter complaining in the response uh, in response to uh, Joe Biden's LGBTQ executive orders. He claims that this heart harms his daughters because, you know, they're, they're sports girls and uh, politicians are pushing children into transgenderism. Here's what he wrote. He goes, if there's one thing that we are passionate about in the Reeves family, it's my daughter's sports. I know that the lessons learned through team sports have led to so many successful lives and careers for women and have truly helped provide a, a more equal opportunity for success in our world. I am so disappointed over President Biden's actions to force young girls like them to compete with biological males for access to athletes. It will limit our opportunity for so many competitors like my daughters. It is a bad policy and it is wrong for America. I just don't understand why politicians are pushing children into transgenderism in the first place. I certainly don't understand why the president chose to make it a priority his first days. My heart breaks for the young women across America who will lose in this radical social experiment. It's so frustrating. You know, it's that, oh, my daughters, my daughters, like the pre so many people, this idea that people are pushing young people into transgenderism. Y'all, parents and doctors and therapists and psychologists go through so many steps and phases to ensure that what a child is experiencing is gender dysphoria and not discomfort with their identity or social expectations. Like the number of levels that there are in this, it's they acting like people are out there going, you should be trans, which nobody is doing. No, he's just ignorant, 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 ignorant. And doesn't care to be educated. Doesn't, doesn't have the desire to learn. Doesn't and willfully misunderstanding the executive order, which was about the equal treatment of LGBTQ people in all aspects of culture and society. They, they, literally, that order doesn't even mention sports. That is the thing bigots have obsessed over as a as a as a wedge issue. But it was about the equal treatment based on the Bostock decision and you know generic equal rights. And I'd like to ask Mr. Reeves, uh, when is a good time for equality? Now, that's always what people say, you know. I'm, I'm still handling him. There's never a good time for equality in Mississippi. It, I mean, honestly, it's the equivalent of that. That's basically the answer, right? It's like, there's just never a good time. It's an Not a good time. It is an inconvenience to me personally. I like know. the way he called it a radical social experiment. Right. <laughs> it's like. The equal treatment of people, this radical social experiment, it just sounds like every bigot in area, every era, misogynists, racists, homophobes, now transphobes. And it, a radical social experiment just means something different than what I like and am used to. Let's, let's please not forget that only last year, only last year did Mississippi change their flag that had that Confederate symbol in it, that had a piece of the Confederate flag. They finally, with the Black Lives Matter movement, we're finally they and they were kicking and screaming. No, we don't want to change it. It's our heritage. Yeah. Oh. 
As Danielle said, she was duped and recruited into transgenderism on the promise of free pizza for life. Don't worry, Danielle. Papa John's is on it. And, and, and Danielle, I'm so glad you mentioned that because today is National Pizza Day. So it all just comes all, full it's circle. All folds back in on itself. Danielle, you know, because it's the pandemic, they're blaming your pizza delay on the pandemic. Uh, it's, it's just on its way. I ordered pizza the other night. That's one of our self-care things. Once a week, we order some food. Some 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 uh, good food. Like, so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, this is not related at all. We found the other day, there is a store I'd never heard of on near us called Mac to the Future that only serves macaroni and cheese, all different kinds. Oh, you must have been in heaven. Well, I know. I'm annoyed. I have to wait till the weekend, you know, because that's the other thing is only only on the weekends. We get one night. It's like date night. Order in, you know, because you get tired of making food. I'm not leaving your house, nowhere to go. So well, I gotta you know, wait. You know what I did? Confession. I got stoned the other night on uh, with with Matt Hayes drag race night, and I said I made this statement. I said, you know what would really taste good right now? A strawberry pie from Dupar's with all that whipped cream. Matt ordered, ordered it. No, it wasn't. He didn't get that strawberry pie from Dupar's. They were close, but he did through Postmates. He got the pie hole. Oh my God, this pie was so crazy. And there was one peanut butter and chocolate pie. Now listen at this. If you if you are a, someone who gets stoned, peanut butter and chocolate with crunched up potato chips on the top of it. Oh no, that's crashy. Oh, it was. That's one of those Nolita sausage cheese casseroles. It was like that woman on the internet the other day making flaming hot Cheeto macaroni and cheese. Well, I don't know. If you're stoned, a lot of things taste good. Yes. As Jacob said, since we're on trans rights, I heard those two anti-trans bills are coming back. Yes. And I'm going to talk about those tying this together right now. Because as this continues, we want to pay attention to these bills. Now, 20 different states are considering some 31 bills attacking the rights of trans people, the majority focused on trans youth. And I'm gonna share the states with you because it's a lot and we can't all be engaged everywhere, but I'm gonna share the states. So if you live in one of these, and if it isn't one in your state, maybe pick one state to focus on and see what you can do, who you can, you know, agitate for. 17 states have school sports bills like that one. Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Georgia, Hawaii, Kentucky, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, we talked about, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and of course, Texas. 10 states have bills that would either ban trans youth from getting gender-affirming healthcare or punish the doctors. And those are Alabama, Arizona, Indiana, Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Texas, and Utah. Uh, Indiana is considering a bathroom bill. Once again, Iowa has one that would require schools to out a trans student to their parents if they ask a teacher to use the correct pronouns. It can be overwhelming to hear that many. So if your state had one, find out about it. Check with your legislators, your local representatives. And if you want to keep track of all of them, Freedom for All Americans is a website organization that has a bill tracker to find states that are considering legislation. So It's pervasive, it's scary, it's in a lot of places, they're at all different steps. So if one of those states is yours, see what it is, who you can write, who you can call, what you can do. And if your state doesn't have any, pick one of those states and see what you can do agitating that direction. You know, thinking last year and keeping our activism active and going forward, uh, that that's a way 
we can all pick one thing to focus on unless you work, you know, daily in activism and have time to deal with 20 states. But so pick one, right? That's what I'm going to try to do. Pick one, figure out where I can write, what organization I can support, where I can donate, what, what that state is doing to fight it, uh, to keep it manageable, but we can be productive and supporting as allies. Absolutamente. Um, in uh, international news, uh -huh. fun little news, um, uh, photos of public officials getting vaccinated, shirtless politicians. Yeah. So here we have uh, 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 an array of them as they get this. And we've got uh, France's health minister. Right um, here. Yeah, there we go. And this one, this next one's so hot. Uh, Greece's prime minister. And then we have the Croatian uh, finance minister who is hot as fuck. This is like, I'm, I'm like, what? Look at that. That's the Croatian finance minister. And then- I let him play with my mutual funds. Look at those, those, uh, those uh, ab abs, those guns, those guns. And then we have uh, the British MPs uh, right there, which, you know, we got some, uh, look at that one on the ride. I'd like to comb that hair. <laughs> and I'm not talking about that on his head. Um, oh. Very, very nice. Thank you for that story. Uh, I just enjoyed it so much. You know, if one of the uh, things, you know, that we're getting out of this advertisement is a little bit of man candy unexpectedly from politicians, I appreciate it. You know, I I listen very regularly to what Macron and Trudeau have to say, even when I don't agree with it, because I enjoy watching them talk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it just made me think, you know, after this pandemic, I might go to Croatia. Uh, yes. There's lots of beautiful resorts on the on the I believe it's the Black Sea there, uh, right at the edge of Croatia and Dubrovnik and various, you know, good times to be had. Say, oh, I'm so much more interested in finance than I thought I was and not just because of GameStop. Yes. Don't, never let it be said, y'all, that we don't try to keep a wide variety of entertainment here on the show. Speaking of wide variety of entertainment and give, putting on a good show for you, we've reached the halfway point. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for commenting along with us. We do appreciate it. And I'm no longer faking it like I was at the beginning of the show. I feel better. It makes it me feel good to do this with all of you. If you want to send us a tip because you have some money you don't know what to do with, we will take some off your hands, a dollar, five, fifty, thousands, whatever is in your heart to give. You can send it on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at Gmail. Dot com. It's in the ticker at the bottom. You know the spiel. Don't give us money you'll miss. Uh, but we appreciate it when you can. But, you know, to, to, to go back to those church services, if the Lord is leading you, if the Lord is leading you, is touching your heart, then reach down into your Venmo. Uh, uh, Rob corrected me. It's the Adriatic Sea that borders Croatia. It's the Black Sea's over on the other side. I forgot. I don't care about those C's. I just want to meet that finance guy. Right. Where? More importantly, where is he vacationing once we can? Again, is he working out at? I have a feeling. Yes. Um, all right. This next story I found really interesting. You know, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been working in infectious diseases at the national level since the 80s and the AIDS HIV epidemic. He did an interview this week on NPR with Terry Gross for Fresh Air and talked about comparisons and contrasts between the two epidemics. In the conversation, he revealed some interesting information 
that he visited gay bars and bathhouses in the early days of the HIV AIDS epidemic to see with his own eyes to help him better understand the outbreak and become a better immunologist. He said, this was very, very early years of the outbreak and it was so concentrated in the gay community that I really wanted to get a feel for what was going on there that would lead to this explosion of an STD, so I did. I went to the Castro district, I went down to Greenwich Village, and I went into the bathhouses. The epidemiologist in me went, oh my goodness, this is a perfect setup for an explosion of sexually transmitted disease. Now, pausing for a second, the mental image of straight doctor, scientist, Anthony Fauci walking into a 1980s bathhouse and going, oh my goodness, I mean, I know plenty of gay people now who would walk into a bathhouse, you know, it's not, not, a, not as predominantly a part of the culture now and still go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, my first time in one, I clutched at my imaginary pearls. Oh my. Well, I was certain I was going straight to hell that they, you know, by darkening the doorway. Um, but so he went on and Terry Gross asked specifically about Ronald Reagan and if it made his job harder connecting Reagan's pandering to the religious right, to the anti-gay agenda and inhibiting funding. Fauci said, you know, I think it did to some extent. I think that the president himself did not inherently feel that way. I believe because of a large part of his constituency was that way. What he did not do is he did not use the bully pulpit of the presidency to gain support and attention to what was going on right in front of everyone's eyes. And of course, if you're here, surely you know one of the biggest outcries from queer activists, LGBTQ people at the time was the lack of attention, the lack of funding, the ignoring and dismissing of this gay disease and blaming that on the administration and Reagan at the time for their lack of response. He talked also about the anger of queer HIV AIDS activists who targeted him, but Gross asked if those threats had to be taken seriously in the way he has to take threats in the current pandemic seriously. And I thought this was very important. He immediately said, no, absolutely not. He recalled being with 50 to 100 activists by himself in Greenwich Village and said, not for a second did I feel physically threatened to go down there, not even close. Ultimately, they were on the right side of history. Mm. Contrasting that to the current behavior around him, you know, and the language that's been used. He said he learned two major things then. One of them is the importance of getting the community involved and dealing with the community and their special needs. You look at the incidence of infection and the incidence of serious disease, including hospitalization and deaths. Brown and black people suffer disproportionately more than whites. And the second thing, we also learn the importance of a fundamental basic science in getting solutions, which we should not have to be saying. Yeah, that, that was an interesting story. I, I, I was just kind of shocked. I was stunned when uh, when I read that this morning when you sent it to me. Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, thinking about that and him, the difference, because we certainly know the history from this side. You know, Larry Kramer called him a murderer in an op-ed piece, and he remembers that and talks about that. We did a story a couple months ago about mm. one of the activists that they were big, bitter, fighting, you know, back in the 80s, that they're now very good friends, and they still, and they talk a lot, and what Fauci has clearly learned and learned through that process. But interesting that him making very clear he never felt unsafe back then. Right. Our community's activists, no matter how angry they were, 
and the difference now. I mean, you know, it, it, it reminded me also when you're talking about Reagan and, and Larry Kramer, how uh, one of the biggest faux pas that Hillary Clinton had when she was running for president was praising Nancy Reagan for her AIDS, um, her AIDS work, her, her activism, which was so not true. She literally j just basically never spoke to Rock Hudson again after, and who was a, her good friend. When yeah, she that's, that story, well, in the Rock, having to go to France to get anything. Mary said, I'm a psychiatric nurse. I was working way back in the 80s. I mean, I can't imagine what that was like. And Kevin pointed out, Reagan never saw his son Ronnie, Ronnie dance ballet. That explains something, you know, gender yeah. roles and expectations and Reagan riding the wave of, right, of that Phyllis Shafley, that moral majority, that pandering mm -hmm. to the extreme religious conservatives and really giving them a power in the Republican Party, you know, how much what we're dealing with now, the ignoring of facts, the siloing of opinions really began then. And this reverse lionization of Ronald Reagan as some sort of compassionate conservative, this middle ground that we should get back to was certainly not that way for the people most damaged by that administration, many in our community. I remember one of my favorite stickers was the moral majority is neither. Correct. I love that. Wasn't that good? It wasn't yeah. popular. That wasn't a popular one though in Texas, but there were there were people with it on. Yes. Uh, but I also uh, and what just one more, but I also appreciate the like the purity. There's some kind of purity to me and Dr. Fauci back then saying, well, if I'm going to understand this, I need to go where it's happening and like going into gay bars and going into bathhouses. It's research. And just thinking about the science of it all. Oh, this is definitely a spreadable environment, not like a, ju a moral judgment. And I mm -hmm. appreciated that in finding the amusement in, you know, in bathhouses. All right. Well, this next story, I'm going to butcher a bunch of names. Uh, in uh, Arab News uh, reports that a religious leader in Iran, Ayatollah Abbas uh, Tabrizian, sent out a message to 200,000 followers on Telegram platform saying, don't go near those who have had the COVID vaccine. They have become homosexuals. Well, that just makes me want to go. Have you had the vaccine? Who's had the vaccine? I know what happens if we take it. Do we end up straight? No, no, no. You just go. You get you get you gayer. Much. I don't gay. think I can. I feel like I am more than enough stereotypes. You are in that, that big ten percent percentile. Gayest, gayest. Uh, Iranian dissident uh, Sheena Vojudi. Vo Vo uh, said his goal of spreading nonsense is to try to scare people out of getting vaccinated while the leader of the regime and other officials got the Pfizer and they don't provide it for the people with the excuse that they don't trust the West. So like other clerics in the regime, Tabrizian relates all the shortages to sexuality. And the, the, the clerics in Iran are suffering from lack of knowledge and humanity. Last month was the first round of this where Israeli Rabbi Daniel Assor, which we talked about this, said that the vaccine could make you gay. Uh, in response, the Israeli LGBTQ organization, uh, Havruta, Havruta, said that they are currently gearing up to welcome our new impending members. It's so interesting, like besides the humor, that we're still used as this boogeyman, right? Like, don't get the vaccine, you'll end up gay, um, as if it's a bad thing. And also, 
that every version of every religion has this moron, right? Because this here's this uh, Iranian cleric, this Israeli rabbi. We've certainly done a plethora of denominations of preachers right here at home saying crazy things about the vaccines and medicine. But like that, that that's the threat, right? Don't get it. You'll end up gay. I, it, you know, it, it, it angers me a little bit. I mean, it, it, it's like, okay, well, that's not such a negative thing. Get the vaccine, don't die, and end up gay. It's not such a bad thing. I got a little uh, irritated on Twitter this last week because someone said, let, uh, everybody, let's all uh, retweet this. Uh, and see, what would happen if you Google Josh Hawley gay? And I said, for what purpose? And he said, oh, just to piss him off. This, and I said, well, I believe that gay is a positive thing. So I would not be in favor of that because you're wanting to say it will piss him off because it's a negative thing. So it, it, it's, I don't know, I got sidetracked. Yeah. There, no, you're right. It's enough that he's anti-democratic. I mean, again, I believe that Josh Hawley has voted no on everything that's been up in front of the Senate. Every secretary, yeah. everything related to this impeachment trial that started today. He's just about no at all opportunities. And I guess his 2024 campaign, because let's be honest, that's where it's headed, is going to say, I obstructed at every opportunity. Elect me. So we, we do have lots of people here getting their vaccines, though. Victor's had it. Jacob gets the second one on Thursday. Jiggs gets his on Monday. He'll let you know if he floats away. John had his first one. It, it, it does thrill me to hear so many of you uh, being able to get yours. That is a great and exciting you know bridge to be able to cross for certainly peace of mind as we work to make sure all of our communities are safer than they have yeah been. i think that's right here alexander in the room and he and newell were able to get their first one uh this last friday uh, yeah. so yeah we got I, I know a lot of people getting them uh i i have not yet i'm not quite old enough according to here but i'm i'm close i'm in the next round it's Rob said, is there a vaccine to make me straight? People are ridiculous. David gets his on Friday. Oh, y'all, it makes me so happy to know so many of you are able uh, to get yours, Kelly said, still unable. Um, but it's certainly, you know, checking the websites in your local places, because um, unfortunately it's still different from state to state, community to community, where and how it's being distributed. It's so still I, I, we can't relax. We just really can. It's still, I mean, there's so much going on. And now we've had the Super Bowl and we, it feels like that uh, even though the numbers are going down, there's still like this, these, these variants that are just like scary as shit. So um, I'm just a hermit. I'm just a hermit right now. I'm phase one. I'm for Los Angeles. I'm in phase last under age 50. And I don't work in any business that matters to society functioning. I, I'm in phase uh, because it's one, one, two. I'm in three. I'm in phase three. Um, all right. Up next. That uh, Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that Hungarian bigot, the Republic, the super conservative uh, who was working in Brussels helped co-found the conservative party in Hungary. Uh, Y'all remember? And then got caught in that orgy and tried to climb down the drain pipe. And then they started holding up drains back home in, in Hungary. Well, he is not, he's married to that judge and he's got a daughter. Well, he is not gonna be able to live that down because in Rome, an artist has turned him into a meme as a gay leather icon, just plastered around the streets of Rome. Italian street artist Leica, created this new shirtless, harness-clad picture of Joseph Schazer with several naked men in the background with a small box declaring him the new Hungarian gay icon. 
He did it calling out the hypocrisy of the Orban government that literally declared war on the LGBT plus community while also calling for a more inclusive and tolerant Hungary. He said where even Joseph can be free to live his sexuality the way he believes without hiding from his own party. So he declared on Friday on his Instagram, from, from today, you are the new Hungarian gay icon. And I just love that. I love that kind of trolling, you know, to point out it shouldn't matter, but since it matters in your country and you're one of the people who made it a problem, we're not going to let you forget it. Yeah. That's a big Hungarian. It's a, it's a, that's a big fuck you. A big fuck you. Yes. Uh, so, all right. Well, here's, you know, every week we bring you these stories that are just kind of heartbreaking to me where we we're seeing bigotry in schools and billing West high school in Montana was supposed to have a spirit week. And it included in that would be an LGBT uh, plus support day. Uh, one uh, self-described mama bear who had a sophomore daughter wrote the school's principal. She's very concerned. She said, I'm very concerned about the repercussions of choosing to focus next week's daily dress up days to feature such a highly emotional charged issue as sexuality. Here's, here's what she claims. She goes, of the opinion that all people deserve respect and dignity, dignity and should be treated with kindness, I cannot support my daughter being encouraged to celebrate a lifestyle LGBTQ that our family believes to be against our own personal religious beliefs. I'm appalled that such issues that are typically private and personal, including religious beliefs and sexuality, are to be paraded in front of the student body without any regard of what uh, that might mean for students who do not support this lifestyle uh, in a society and culture climate that has been driven lately by hate, anger, and divisiveness. I am uh, saddened to see that we couldn't have more, uh, haven't come up with groups or issues to focus on what could bring us all together rather than divide us and incite hostility. It's like, wait, wait, wait. This is this is all love. This is all inclusion. You're the one who's perpetuating hate. You're the one who's who's anti diversity. So uh, she added, it would disqualify others who may not adopt that lifestyle, but who are being bullied, bullied for their conservative Christian beliefs. <sighs> uh, the school has postponed its entire Spirit Week because of this bitch, and um, I shouldn't have said bitch. Can't you know, she desperately wanted to say looting and riots. You know, she when she said hate, anger, and divisiveness, yes, this year, last summer, it is filled with hate for the kind of bigotry that has upheld systemic racism in our country. It is anger at the injustice and the bigotry often perpetuated by those with so-called Christian beliefs. And it is divisiveness because we are no longer going to stand for the kind of bigotry that puts down LGBTQ youth, trans youth, Black people. I mean, the, there's a now a new outbreak of violence against old Asian people. Asian elderly people have been attacked all across the country that hasn't even made it to our network news. Yes, you are right that it is hate, anger, and divisiveness, but not the kind she wanted to imply. And and, and it pisses me off. I don't know about the rest of you, but it really pisses me off when you start flinging that word bully around and it's not... It, 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 by, by definition, that is not what is going on. It, oh, it pisses me off. Also, marginalized communities can't bully the majority. 
The literal definition of bullying includes a power differential. You're being inconvenienced by marginalized people saying, don't treat us that way anymore. That's the most that's happening. You're being inconvenienced. But the problem is if you've never been held to account for the way you move through culture and society, other people stand up and standing up and saying, don't treat me that way, sure seems like bullying because you've never experienced it. The thing, that, the thing that bothers me also about this story is they did not release her name. And I think they should have. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna write these kind of letters, you know, if you, you're gonna, oh, I'm so I'm so passionate about this. Well, it, it, say who you well, are. Well, I believe she wrote the letter to the school, and the network got a hold of it. She right. She wrote the letter to the principal. But it seems like her name has not been released. I don't know why they're not releasing. Well, her she name. didn't write the letter to the public. I think right. it's probably the radio station. Oh, I see. They yeah. wanted to have a discussion about it. Uh, because they, people should be standing up and supporting the principal in the school for doing it. And one piece that got left off, sorry. In 2019, the school was held accountable for its treatment of LGBTQ people. So adding into Spirit Week was clearly their response to ensuring a positive environment for everyone. And just by, you know, this woman's not complaining about high school boys and girls holding hands and hetero couples walking down the hallway. I don't think she considers that flaunting a sexuality. No, no. Just mentioning ours is somehow an affront. Well, I that bigoted that that persecution complex, you know, that so many of the so many people have. It's like you're not Jesus being persecuted, despite it being your religion. What'd you say last week? Hop up on the, Hop cross. On the cross. Get off the cross, girl. We need the, on wood. the cross. But literally, it is get off the cross, honey. Somebody else needs the wood to make a fire. Um, all right, in celebratory news, a uh, big story a week ago, uh, Gabby Tuft is a former WWE wrestler and she came out as trans in a big Instagram post and then did an interview. She wrestled as Tyler Rex in the early 2000s and 2010s and posted last week on Instagram with this photo of herself sitting next to an old wrestling photo. He said, this is me, unashamed, unabashedly me. This is the side of me that is hidden in the shadows, afraid and fearful of what the world would think, afraid of what my family, friends, and followers would say or do. I'm no longer afraid and I am no longer fearful. I can now say with confidence that I love myself for who I am. She said she had a difficult time deciding when and how to share it. She wrote in the post, the past eight months have been some of the darkest of her life. She said the emotional turmoil of being transgender and having to face the world has almost ended me on multiple occasions. However, the day I stopped caring about what other people thought was the day I truly became limitless and allowed my authentic self to come into the light. She has a wife, Priscilla, and a young daughter, Mia. And I wanna make clear in sharing this photo, she talked very specifically in several places where she talked about it, that she is okay with her former public identity because that is how people knew her professionally. But she stated very clearly a good reminder that more often, far more common is trans people who have no interest in you dead naming them, mentioning their old name, um, because it's not an identity they ever felt comfortable with. She's clearly navigating a specific journey of having been famous prior to sharing this information. So that's why I told the story that way. And it should not be an indicator of how to treat you know any other trans person. Absolutely. And a really big step to be known from, a, you know, an industry that's very, very specifically kind of virile, you know, male, masculine, uh, stereotypical presence. So probably more fear for her in sharing that 
um, because of the world that she came from and why so many people know her. So a big celebration for Gabby. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we have uh, some John Waters news. Uh, always amuses me and I love him. Uh, Providence Town Film Festival offered a unique John Waters prize package that included, are you ready? Dinner, <laughs> drinks, a signed copy of his latest book. And to 10 bidders, the John Waters Dick Doc Tour, a guide excursion to see Provincetown's notorious past and public sex haunts, including waterfront cruising spot that I've heard of. Called, I, I, I may have heard of one. I've heard it existed. Uh, the Dick Doc. Um, Dig Dock is uh, near the center of town and for years has been a not so secret place where gay and straight, bisexual and married men, uh, I mean, curious men, uh, can meet for sex after dark. It even has its own Facebook page. Uh, but Waters wouldn't give the exact location because he doesn't want the address uh, published, causing trouble for the neighbors or anyone who goes down there. Uh, the sex tour was his idea, of course. He said, I didn't want to do some boring thing. Right. Uh, I just thought it would be funny and I think it will be funny. It's a secret location. It only has 10 people that are winners. I'm going to take them down to all the sex spots in P-Town that are no longer. And then the Dick Doc, where, which everybody knows about in Provincetown, the virtual auction is, uh, it's over. Uh, and, but it does support the society's mission and programs since they had no in-person film festival this year. So good for John Waters for supporting uh, and, and, and great for the film festival for allowing this prize. Absolutely, you know, when they got it, they were like, oh my gosh, can we do this? Yes, we can, because these, people, these will sell so fast. Can you imagine, I would absolutely have bid to have John Waters walk me around town and say, aha, uh -huh, over behind that bush over there, right? You know, there used to be a lot more bushes and at a certain time in the afternoon, you knew how to wink, wink, rub, rub, and things happened. Last year, um, Ron Corning, our friend Ron Corning, sent me this picture that his supposedly his friend found uh, at the Dick Dock uh, a, a set of uh, top partials, the uh, teeth, and it's all. If you go, if you scroll way, way, way down, you'll see on my uh, Instagram. I I did post the picture of. I said, did anybody lose these at the Dick Dock week? You know why? You know why? Because it's real easy to gum a dick. Yeah, it feels well, much better. I don't like that image of you. It's disturbing me. I'm just saying, if you take your teeth out, it's going to be real smooth work down under the Dick Dock. Um, well, someone did. Someone did and lost and lost that top partial. That I, to me, that just sounds like they were enthusiastic and I would appreciate the effort. And I hope it didn't just get knocked out. Maybe it got caught on a mushroom head. Can you imagine looking? It's all so dark and just kind of on your knees trying to find your teeth. It got yanked out like a flipper, you know, like the little... You know, pulled out that mushroom head and oh, it, there went my teeth. No, it's fine. You go ahead. I'm good. Oh, like, where, where's my contact? But no, no. Where's my where's oh, my teeth? That you're fine. I'm already down here. I'll just look for on my own. Um, and for anybody asking, you roll into P Town and ask literally anyone where the Dick Doc is, and somebody oh, can God. point you in the general direction. But I would enjoy hearing his stories of. Because it said he he's gone to P Town fifty eight summers every year. That's a place there. 
And hearing him tell the history of once upon a yesteryear, this was a part of town where you could, you know, meet somebody and have a little performance. Yes. Dick Doc. The Dick Doc tour. Um, so put that on your bucket. I say we went and we were really fortunate. I did want to say the Provincetown Film Society with the Provincetown Film Festival is who hosted our very sort of wedding screening in P-Town there with Family Equality Council for Family Week, which is the reason I got to go to P-Town for the first time. I do want to go back on not a Family Week. Yeah. In the future, just to see. You know, I could certainly be a Dick Doc looky-loo. Yeah, I've performed there uh, once, uh, once, and um, I mean, for a week. It's a, it's a great city. <laughs> Lovely. Um, I'm glad we entertained y'all. I like, you know, to keep some things like, oh, and Jacob says, Google Maps has all the answers. If y'all want to know, you can find the exact say, the exact location. Oh, wait, John said, y'all are talking about a friend of mine and you don't even know it would take the teeth out. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm speaking from personal experience, but I did once have someone offer. So I could take my teeth out and gum that dick. Mm. And I said, oh, you know, that makes sense. Because scrape it, right? When you're first learning, scraping is one of the most challenges. Tony said, cruising is a lost art. You know, for better or for worse, the fortunate benefit of us having real LGBTQ spaces and apps and bars and being able to meet people on eHarmony and whatnot is um, many of the places that once upon a time were the only outlets for finding someone. Um, I love it, Douglas. Douglas said, so that's where I lost him. <laughs> yes, that sure is. Uh, Rob says, I wear false teeth. So Rob, you ever Rob, take a you little Are you? Rob, is that an, are you just kind of promoting yourself now after Emerson was talking about? Are you advertising a special skill from your resume? You know, as an actor, special skills are at the bottom of our, bottom of our resumes. Put every talent you can think of. It was Sheila Noya. Remember Sheila Noya? It was her that was down at TikTok. And honey, she would. We have reached the real end of our show. Thank you to Robert and John and Victor and Bob and Dwayne for your tip contributions. If you want to send us a tip for entertaining you today and informing you, you can on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. This did lift my Tuesday, I got to say. I looked at Blake early and said, it's Tuesday, not Friday, right? Yeah. Is everybody else all right? We got a minute and a half left. Is everybody good? Did we... Brighten your Tuesday a little bit. And a shout out to our later watchers. I know some of y'all watch later on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate y'all just as much. We sure do. Uh, you know, one of the highlights of my week, everybody, is I write with pencils. And I got a really great new pencil sharpener that I... So these are all the pencils that I have sitting on my desk here. And um, that's just a highlight during COVID. I'm just excited about my pencil sharpener. That is such a big win. We have talked in the pandemic about finding and reveling in simple pleasures and simple joys and the thrill of a perfectly sharpened pencil can be yours. Oh my God. Yes. So sharp. Could put somebody's eye out. Okay, good. You know, we pretended to be interested long enough. (laughs) We can move on. (laughs) Wait, Douglas said, I checked into staying in your condo in Palm Springs. It looked like the darn thing is already booked that week already. 
Uh, it's what week? It's it's uh, well, <laughs> email me. I'll I'll see. I'm making an obscene amount of soup, y'all. That is what we do. Whatever the little things. Yes, All right, y'all. We really do enjoy you. Thank you so much. We will be back on Friday. Uh, thanks for your time, your attention, and lifting our spirits as we try to lift you. Let's go to the dick dock when we're all done with- Group trip. <laughs>